Welcome to part one of could you be playing bigger in your business? Because here's the thing I know, when you find your voice, this is when you can actually change the world. Now, many of you don't know that I wrote a book uh, back in 2016. It was published. It was called Shift Into Rich, Navigate the Nine Roadblocks to Small Business Success. And if you're someone who would rather read than listen, simply go to my website, dianalidstone.com, and you can download a copy under the tab, Gifts. But I want to go back to this when I wrote this chapter. And, you know, it was a while ago, but it is still so meaningful. Now, the book I recommend the most, whether it's to business owners or not, is a book called Playing Big, and it's by Tara Moyer. And I read that book years and years ago, and I still recommend it. It's about finding your voice owning your message and standing up and shouting it out to the world. So my friends, welcome to the Work Less Profit More Business podcast for financial advisors, real estate professionals, all of you expert professionals. Hi, I'm Diana Lidstone. I'm best known for my straight talk, no BS, and helping my clients get more joy, profit, and freedom in their businesses. So my friends, as I mentioned to you in the intro, I'm going to share with you this chapter from a book that I wrote back in 2016. And the chapter is called Roadblock Number 7, The Wrong Driver. You see, many of you are letting the wrong driver drive your quote-unquote business bus. And here we go. In 1995, I started a bricks and mortar gift store with basically no money and very few business skills. And I knew that 95% of businesses failed during their first five years. I knew it would be a struggle. I knew it wouldn't be easy. I worked weekends and evenings and spent very little time during there with friends or family. Vacations were rare. And even after a few years of working extremely hard over long hours, things did start to turn around and the business started to make money. Woohoo! I celebrated. I wasn't one of those statistics. During the time I owned my retail store, my husband held a very demanding corporate job. And both my children were in their teens. A girl in their teens and a boy in their teens. You can imagine, right? That was a challenge in itself. And, oh, I should add, I started menopause and all its glory was wrapping up during that stress level. And just as my business hit the five-year mark, my daughter became seriously ill and was bedridden for seven long years. It was horrible. Everyone in our family was affected. And then I hopped on the emotional roller coaster that delivered me through my father's illness and unexpected death and the unexpected death of my brother was a freaking tough seven years. Now here's the roadblock. Every business owner has two inner voices, the inner critic, or as I call the itty bitty shitty committee, and the inner wise person or woman, if you're listening. To be successful, the entrepreneur must be aware of which voice is driving the business decisions and must ensure that the inner critic is kept to a minimum. You see, everyone has a struggle story. And I share these tidbits with you, not for your pity or sympathy, but so that you understand that every business owner has her struggles. But from struggles comes growth. I learned much of what I'm going to share with you here 
during my daughter's journey to wellness. Imagine, if you will, that your vibrant, energetic 14-year-old daughter gets up one morning feeling kind of unwell. You think nothing of it. She's a little dizzy. She's a little tired. And so you think, well, of course she's tired. She's a straight-A student. She's on the basketball team, the soccer team. She's in Girl Guides, and she's a role model to others. I let her stay home because a day off wouldn't hurt her. But sadly, this one day of illness turned into weeks, months, and eventually years. You see, my daughter was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, CFS, and she was bedridden for seven years. It seemed like an eternity of doctor's visits, trips to the health store, researching her disease online, (laughs) and thank God the internet was growing. During her worst times, this previous active child couldn't walk up the stairs, couldn't hold her head up during dinner, or even get out of bed. She was so tired, she couldn't concentrate long enough to read a paragraph. That was scary for me. There were no teenage dances for my daughter, no boyfriends, and in fact, little or no school. It was a horrific time, and it seemed as though her teenage years were gone, as was the future I had imagined for her. But eventually, I found other local mothers with children in similar situations. Yep, others. And we formed the support group. One of those mothers actually had two children suffering from CFS. And she heard of a cure in England. She took her daughter there for treatment. And upon returning, the girl went back to school. We couldn't believe it. But within the space of five months, all of us took our children to England. And today, our children are all well, living, quote unquote, normal lives. You see, this bedridden child of mine was lactose intolerant on an organic diet and was taking hordes of supplements. When we left for England, she left and I was pushing her wheelchair. And when she came home two weeks later, she was almost running through the airport pulling her own luggage. And how you say, is this possible? How is it possible that on her return to Canada, she booked a ski trip and went skiing in Whistler? How is it possible that with no special pills, operation, or medical intervention, she left for university, ultimately completed her master's degree? How is it possible that after completing her master's degree, she took a six-month travel sabbatical? And today, she is the proud mother of my first grandson. She has a full-time job that she absolutely loves. How was this transformation possible? It wasn't a magic pill or even a medical treatment. My daughter's astounding recovery had its roots in a scientifically proven training program based on mind-body connection. Her transformation was founded in the concepts of neuroscience and neuroplasticity, which are becoming more and more main street today. And for those of you interested, the actual name of the program is called The Lightning Process. And I'll put a link in the show notes. Both neuroscience and neuroplasticity are just fancy words for sciences related to the functioning of the brain. Specifically, it was originally thought that our brain was static. In other words, it didn't change. However, scientists now know that our brain is designed to change throughout our lifetime. In his book, The Power of Neuroplasticity, Shad Helmstetter explains that the initial discoveries in this area were made by helping stroke victims 
regain the use of muscles they once thought useless by literally teaching them how to rewire and retrain brain function. Today, in many fields of personal growth and business, you might hear people talking about limiting beliefs, mindset, and about the mind-body connection. So let's step back to my daughter's situation. In her case, the trainer in England made us aware that these participants originally had a significant amount of negative self-talk about their illness and their life situation, such as, I'll never get well again, I'll never do this again, I won't be able to do blank again. In other words, it had become almost habit for the participants to have a tremendous amount of negative self-talk. The trainer showed them how to change this negative self-talk. In other words, how to repattern their thinking in a more positive way. Based in a combination of neuro-linguistic programming, self-hypnosis, and behavior modification, this training has had a huge impact even after one day. We saw a huge change in my daughter. We called it a miracle. Now, I will admit that my daughter's example is certainly extreme, and she has often worked to adjust her inner voices. But I've learned that we all suffer from negative thinking to some degree, myself included. We all have a negative choir that sings to us, more loudly at some times than others. But I've watched my daughter. I've studied the rewiring. I've started studying mindset, and I realized that our limiting beliefs are a huge thing that holds most of us back from realizing our true potential. So let's reflect on this for a moment. If this negative thought process was strong enough to affect my daughter this way, is it possible that unbeknownst to you, it's showing up in your life and affecting your business? If my daughter could go from creating sickness to creating health, Do you think that changes in your mindset, your thoughts, could help you create a more profitable business? Well, my friends, I know it could. And since my daughter's recovery, I've begun to notice how strongly our mindset affects everything in our lives and our business. So let me share about my own inner critic. I started my coaching career just as I was approaching 60. That's right, 6-0. I was reinventing myself. I had built several profitable businesses before, but I still had huge doubts. What was the problem? The things I told myself. The problem was the inner critic saying so loudly, I wasn't believing myself, and I became paralyzed in self-doubt. Part of the problem was that I had previously sold stuff in my retail store. Selling things is so much easier than selling your own services. And it became apparent that my own self-doubt was holding me back. I was letting my inner itty-bitty shitty committee drive the bus of my business. I really didn't need another training course or a different business coach. There are tons of people who told me they were willing to pay for my services if only I believed in myself. That inner critic stopped me from creating a strong, clear message at networking events, from having sales conversations and being confident enough to close the bigger high-ticket sales conversation. Now, I'll be honest. I won't say that I don't have any negative chatter today. And in part two, I'm going to share 
where it has showed up recently. But I do work on reducing the volume of my any bitty shitty committee. I also see my old self in many, many others who struggled to build profitable businesses. That committee is sitting in the driver's seat instead of their own brilliant self. So my friends, you might say, how is it possible to get back in the driver's seat? Well, I want to share with you in this episode, four steps. And part two of this, I'm going to share some more about what it might be costing you and how you can recognize that maybe your business decisions are coming from the wrong driver. So here we are, four steps to get you back in the driver's seat. Step number one, you've heard this from me before, visualize very clearly what you want from life. You've heard how Olympic athletes visualize accepting the gold medal on the podium. You've heard of mountain climbers visualizing reaching the peak. They don't focus on how they are going to get there. They focus on the end result. They visualize their success as having already happened. I've used the same method when I want to increase my one-on-one coaching clients. I practice visualizing that I'm printing off paid invoices from new clients. I focus on the joy that I was feeling and that sense of accomplishment. So what do you want to accomplish? What's your dream? How can you visualize it with a feeling? It's all about the feeling. It's all about tapping into your heart's desire. Name the feeling or that emotion you want to have. Maybe it's more joy. Maybe it's more freedom. And then imagine it. Step number two is becoming aware. The second thing that successful people do is to become aware of their negative thinking. You might hear some people say that they don't have any negative thoughts. Well, my friends, most often those are the people for whom the negativity has become the new normal and they don't even realize it. The first step to becoming aware of your inner critic is to listen to the spoken words you say. Not only is it true that what you're thinking about, you bring about, but also what you talk about, you bring about. Sometimes I have to laugh out loud because I hear the words my mother said time and time again when I was a child and didn't think I could accomplish something. She would constantly tell me, there's no such word as can't. Becoming aware of the words you say out loud is the beginning of becoming aware of your inner critic. The words you say out loud are just a representation of what you're thinking. Other words that imply negative thinking, should, must, wish, want, try, right? So start listening and really listen. Check what you're saying and catch yourself. Step number three, you can guess. It's replace those negative words with positive ones. It's very common today in life and business coaching to talk about negative thoughts or limiting beliefs. And these are beliefs we tell ourselves over and over and over again. But they are assumptions, not reality. We just feel that they're real. They are typically based on our past experiences or even based on something we were told years ago, maybe by a parent, a teacher, or a friend. So let's look at some of those negative thoughts and feelings and see how we might replace them with more positive words. Now, here's some of the more common ones. Original statement, I'm not good enough. Now, it's very common that we actually don't say those words, but we might say something like, hmm, I can't charge that amount, or 
you know, nobody's going to buy my program or I can't speak up at a meeting. Those are all indications that you're thinking perhaps you're not good enough. So how could you replace it? I love and I approve of myself. My clients easily pay me for my services. And maybe you're thinking, oh, I'm afraid. I can't make those phone calls. I'm afraid of the judgment, right? So replace it with, I can do this. Just freaking watch me. Or my clients love hearing from me by phone. Or maybe you're thinking, "Uh, I don't have the confidence. Or others are more talented than I am. Replace it with, I've decided to be me and approve of myself as I am. If you say others are more talented, I am good enough. So remember, becoming aware of the negative thinking and replacing it with positive words. Now, many of you have probably heard of positive affirmations, whether it's listening to tapes or CDs or writing out your own affirmations. It certainly all helps. But saying the affirmations isn't the whole answer. One of the most important parts is step four. And step four is about repeating with feeling or repeating with emotion. There are two keys, as I say, to making affirmations effective enough to replace your limiting beliefs. Number one is repetition. You want to think about your affirmations several times a day. In fact, the more, the better. So if you're finding yourself say, I can't, just turn it around and go, oh, oh, I can. But the part two of this is the feeling. Just as we did in the earlier visualization exercise, it's important to add emotion to your affirmations. It's not enough just to say the affirmations. You have to create that sense of joy and gratitude. Now, let me share with you a story from my daughter's experience about adding this feeling to it. So one day while she was ill, or no, it was actually while she was recovering, we're in the car, we're driving to a follow-up doctor's appointment. And she was doing what we called her LP, her lightning process, which meant she had to close her eyes and she had to focus on a four-step process that they taught her. And she had to really invoke this feeling. And we're driving and it's downtown Montreal and I'm talking to her and she looks at me and she goes, mom, could you just please be quiet? (laughs) She says, I need to do my LP. So I'm driving along and in a few minutes, I look over to her and I notice that she has this look of calm and peace and joy on her face and her eyes are closed and she's sitting there buckled into her seat and she's making some arm movements that look like someone paddling a canoe and I go "Hmm, that's interesting I've never seen her do that before so when she finished and she opened her eyes I said what were you doing and she said I was visualizing my happy place And I said, so where is that? She said, I'm in a canoe, hence the movement, the arm movement. And she says, I'm along the shorelines and I can hear the birds chirping and I can feel the sun on my face and I can feel a light breeze. And she said, I'm just filled with joy and gratitude. You see, my friends, that was her happy place. And she had allowed all of her senses to become 
enveloped in this whole feeling of her positive affirmations. That's how deeply you have to go. So I want you to remember as you go through your day, whenever you have a negative thought, I encourage you to replace it with just a simple, powerful phrase such as, I'm the power in my world. I can do whatever my mind sets to. I am successful. There are plenty of clients who are willing to pay. Whatever it is, find your, let's call it a mantra. Now you can see that there might be an inner critic driving your business, causing you to be stuck repeating patterns that don't serve you well. And I hope I've given you some ideas how you can rewire or repattern those thoughts. And as much as the itty bitty shitty committee speaks to you, you have an inner wise woman who most of us don't listen to often enough. And in part two of this podcast series, I'm going to share with you something that will help you find your inner wise woman. And it's a technique that I have shared with entrepreneurs over and over and over again. And I'm so excited to be able to share this with you. And, you know, I want to share also again that all of this was inspired by something truthfully, that I saw on Facebook. Something that I went, you know what? I just need to get going. And what I needed to get going for myself was I had promised myself a year ago. A year ago in September 2022, I went on my own business retreat. And I promised myself then that in the year 2023, I would follow up on my original desire back in 2015 to host a retreat for women entrepreneurs. You see, I had let my itty bitty shitty committee and procrastination cause me to not offer this to you, cause me to, you know, play small. I know that this fall retreat that I have coming up in September 2023 and hopefully one in 2024 will help you play bigger in your business, will help you identify not only where you could be playing small in your business, but let's come up with some tools for you specifically, because I know that, you know, there's a ton of tools out there, but they don't work for every single person. Let's find a tool that works for you. And then thirdly, let's create a new roadmap with new goals for you. So if this fall retreat seems like something that resonates with you, please reach out to me, diana at dianalidstone.com. Thanks so much for listening to the Work Less Profit More Business podcast. This has been a very special podcast and a very special series because I'm sharing from my own heart, I'm sharing from my own work, and I'm sharing a roadblock that I know so many of you struggle with. Remember, you're not alone. And until next week, you can do this. Bye for now.